I don't normally beg you people, but seriously, if you know someone with a goldfish, tell them to get on iTunes and listen to this podcast instead of watching a fucking fish swim around a bowl. This is the $5 Planet Travel Podcast. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. And we bring you the formula to discover travel freedom. Step one, every Thursday we'll show you how to travel the world in style, full time, for as little as $300 per person per month. Step two, every Monday we interview digital entrepreneurs who reveal the methods to creating a location-independent online income. So subscribe on iTunes now and discover travel freedom for yourself with the $5 Planet Travel Podcast. This is Money Mondays episode 008. Today we talk to Gary Arndt about why building an audience is more important than money. If you have an audience, the money will come to you, the opportunities will come to you. All problems are solved by having a large audience because ultimately that's what everybody cares about. Put that first, put your readers first, and then in the long run, everything else will come together. Gary also unveils the myth of the overnight success. And most actors were, right? They were living in a crappy apartment somewhere in Los Angeles, struggling to get by, doing commercials or porn shoots or something until they finally got a break and were able to make it into movies, but we don't see that part because nobody talks to those people who are struggling. They just look to the people who've already made it and you don't see what goes into it. Well, welcome everybody. This is the news. Nice. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I just made that. That was sort of because it was like, it was going upwards. It's just sort of, it's almost like inspiring news. Actually, we do have inspiring news this week because we've been drinking fresh orange juice every day. Yes. Now, this might not sound exciting, but I'm super excited to be driving along and see that for like, 50 cents a kilo, you can get orange juices direct from the farm. You can get orange juices direct from the farm. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Sorry, my, I have Mad Cow. <laughs> Denny Crane. Denny Crane. Mad Cow. <laughs> we discovered that you can actually pick up like fresh local Portuguese oranges direct from the farm and they're only about 50 cents a kilo. Yeah, it's awesome. It means we're actually able to have fresh juice every single day. Oh, it's so it's good. cheaper than buying juice in a carton. And I know to some of you who are listening to previous episodes about throwing away your juicer, this may sound a little hypocritical. We're but... really glad that the people we're house-sitting for have a juicer. <laughs> <laughs> we never used to use our juicer back in Australia. That's why we were saying throw it out. But here they just got a little orange juice juicer, so it only really does oranges. But because the oranges are so cheap and so fresh and delicious, you can just have juice every single morning and it takes like two seconds. And there's barely any cleaning up afterwards because it's just one little thing. Yeah. Uh, I know this is really important news, but <laughs> this is important news to us. You know what? Sometimes juice around the world can cost more than a beer. So I haven't had a lot of juice lately because I'm like, well, beer's cheaper or wine's cheaper. So shit, I'll have that, right? <laughs> Plus there are other benefits to drinking wine and beer. Exactly. But the juice is healthy for us. This is a good, healthy lifestyle. We're eating local. We're eating fresh. We arrived at this house in Portugal like a couple of weeks ago. And the owner showed us around town. She introduced us to her friends and her family. She's so lovely. Yeah, really nice. And she took us to this barbecue with some of their friends. And they gave us all this amazing local produce that they cooked and it was free fresh wine. squid. Like they had caught squid. From the ocean themselves yeah. and barbecued it up. Yeah, awesome. Like yeah. crazy. The hospitality down here has been fantastic. And the other best news, and so this is the real news rather than just us enjoying orange juice, is that we're on target for our cheapest month in the last two years. It's pretty exciting. February, we might actually come in under 500 USD for the whole month for both of us. Yeah, which would beat our current record of 546 USD that we set back in August when we were house sitting in Grenoble in France. So here we are in Portugal, just near the coast, a really nice area, we can take the dogs walking every day, beautiful, a, a litre of wine is like $1.50, it's about a euro, that's so cheap, so yeah. affordable. Local produce is really affordable and also to boot, our lovely host left us with a fridge stocked full of beer, 
And food. And food as well. And they just said, you know, use whatever you like. You know, we don't want anything going off. So please make sure you use it. And because we've got to take the dogs to the beach every day, how hard a life is that? They've given us their car to use while they're away with a full tank of fuel. Yeah. So literally, we can drive around the area, see some local stuff, take the dogs out. The coastline is amazing. And we're not paying for any of this so far. Really, we've only spent about $150 this month, just under $200 this month already. And by the time you listen to this, it'll be the end of February, but we're like mid-February right now. Yeah. So yeah, $500 for the month. Uh, yeah. Free doggy Talk cuddles about too. kick ass. Yeah, the dogs here are really friendly. Two really, really happy dogs. Yeah, I love these guys. So, so we get to do all this because we are uh, signed up to trustedhousesitters.com. You can join up yourself if you want and get some free accommodation. And it doesn't even have to be overseas. Like if you just want to travel around your own country, Go somewhere different. Go away. See some different part of your country. Yeah, why not? But Test it out. Exactly. So we can give you a discount today. Just use 5DP to get 15% off your membership. That's your coupon code, 5DP, as in $5 Planet. Yeah, you can smash out a $250 per person month yourself. In Western Europe, of all places. That's where we are. Yeah, yeah. who knew it was going to be so freaking cheap? France and Portugal are going to be two of our cheapest months on record. Drop mic. Walk off the stage. Yeah. Bam. Done, people. $5dollarplanet.com slash house. That'll take you straight to the sign-up page, and you can learn a bit more about house-sitting. 5DP to get your 15% discount code. All right. Well, anyway, that's like our regular news. I'm sure you love hearing about our wonderful life. Cheers. But we want you to have the same life. It's not just as us trying to show off. We want you to have juice as well. Yeah, you want to have juice every Cheap single day juice. for like no money. It's awesome. But the business news this week. Hustle. Is, well, yes, the hustle, the hustle news. It's all about, yeah, it's hustle news. It's not we, business news, it's hustle news. We have been working on promotion for our podcast and we've got some really major news publications interested. By the time this episode goes out, some of those stories may have broken. I hope so. Yeah, let's hope so. But it's looking pretty good. And once you get a few then you can steamroller that or whatever the word for that is. Indiana Jones, can, Temple of Doom, big big rock roll it. You can roller coaster it. No, the big rock that chases oh, the big after rock, him. The big rolling rock. Yeah. Okay, you can do that and you can just use that to leverage more and more press once you've got a few good stories out there. You yeah, can just go, but getting these guys interested is not the easiest thing. No, it, it has taken us a lot of research to find the correct people to contact. It's taken lots of different pitches until we've honed it down to a pitch that people are actually opening, reading, and learning about. Yeah. Which... And plus we have to have a good story. I mean, otherwise it's just like, yeah. I had some juice today. Would you like to write about that? It's really cheap here. <laughs> and yet we've spent three minutes talking about juice. <laughs> and no, the newspapers won't be interested that you're drinking juice. But the fact that you're doing the other stuff whilst drinking juice, yeah. like cool traveling the world shit, you know, this could be something you can get in touch with them. Yeah, Maybe so you have a story. Our, get out there. Our particular it. pitch was that we've been traveling for like the last seven years. Started traveling full time two years ago when, when we started blogging. Well, to be fair, I was traveling full time before that. That's true. Tom technically hasn't stopped. No, I was traveling since I left England in 2008. I haven't really stopped traveling because I haven't been back and lived in my home country for any specific length of time. Yeah, but technically when Tom and I met, we moved back to Australia for two years. Well, then I technically wasn't traveling because it was my home country, but we did lots of stuff. We went to Ayers Rock and we went to Sydney. We went to Melbourne. We went to the Whit Sundays and the Great Barrier Reef. Yeah, we even went off to Thailand and Malaysia, went to see the orangutans in Borneo. Borneo. That was cool. We did loads of stuff in that two years whilst we were living in Australia. We weren't just sitting in our apartment doing shit all. Yeah. So do people count that as that, you know, I've been traveling for the whole time? Do they not? Uh, well, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. And it's interesting because we've you got to say, like, what is a story? What is a true story? Never let the truth get in the way of a good story is yes, sort of, yeah. that's what the newspapers are doing. Should you feel bad that they're sort of making your story sound like more than it is? Or should you just take the publicity and go, fuck it, they'll do. Yeah, like it's a tough thing to decide. But I mean, we really have been traveling a lot past 10 years or so. We've been to over 75 countries between the two of us. I've been to all seven continents. 
So yeah. like, it's not like we're pissing around. We have been doing stuff, but the newspapers might let some of these stories get out of hand. We'll see. We'll try we'll, and keep it. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what they do. It's not up control. to us. Once we've given the story over to them, they might turn it into whatever the hell they want to turn it into. We yeah, don't know. who knows. Still, that's the news. That's what we've been doing. We've been getting some stories out there. So, let's talk about travel blogs. Because I think for some of you guys listening to the show, you might be like, all they do is talk about travel blogging. It's like, well, yeah, travel blogging is what we do, but we don't want you to think that you have to become a travel blogger or that, you know, this is the way to make money. No. So many different options. No, we talk about travel blogging because that's what we know. But a lot of the things that we do talk about can be used in any form of online blog. Like, it's not just specific to travel blogging in any way. Yeah, when you're talking about marketing, you're talking about PR, you're talking about how to build a blog in the first place, how to get publicity from newspapers, which obviously we're doing. You can sell them any story. It doesn't have to be a travel story. Yeah, just... exactly. People usually start blogs because it's something that they're passionate about, that they really enjoy talking about. We love travel and food, so that's what we talk about, that's what we write about, but you might be really into like, you know, family life, or exercise, or kale shakes. <laughs> <laughs> when will we stop insulting kale shakes? Sorry Stop everyone. drinking kale shakes. It just doesn't seem right. Just, just have apple or banana or something, I mean, come right on. Me. But anyway, there are sponsors for anything, and there's an audience for most things. Yeah, even crazy shit, like goldfish. I mean, you'd be surprised at the amount of audience for goldfish. Probably more of an audience for goldfish than we've got. Yeah. And all they do is sit in a fucking bowl all day long. And yet people are more interested in that than in a podcast that teaches them how to discover a life of travel freedom. It's crazy. I'm competing with a small orange fish, and I'm losing for publicity in this whole thing. I mean, what the hell? I don't normally beg you people, but seriously, if you know someone with a goldfish, tell them to get on iTunes and listen to this podcast instead of watching a fucking fish swim around a bowl. Wow. That was, like, really passionate. <laughs> Fuck the fish. <laughs> but, you know, fish is, like, it's swimming in, like, little castles and stuff. You can't do that. Oh, the little plastic underwater castles? Yeah. Yeah, I'd forgotten about those. Actually, yeah, fair enough. Fish are probably more exciting than traveling the world. Go back to your fish, people. Turn this podcast off. Don't listen to us. We don't know what we're talking about. Go get your toaster back. <laughs> you get back your toaster and your juicer and your goldfish. <laughs> that's the real, that's the real important things in life. Anyway, anyway, we're getting off the point, as always. Travel is the lifestyle goal. It doesn't necessarily have to be what your blog is about. You can blog about anything you want, but the goal is to be able to travel yes, when you want. Yes, exactly. And so like our guest today, Gary Arndt, he does travel photography, but you could do any sort of photography. I mean, we met people who are basically roaming wedding photographers. They get paid and their flights get paid too to fly out to these destination weddings, which of course are happening more and more these days. People yep. want to get married on the beach. They want to go to some nice tropical destination. These people are getting paid thousands of dollars plus their flights covered to go to a wedding. If you did one wedding a month, or even like three weddings a year, that would probably pay all the expenses that we currently have traveling as two people. Yeah, that would be enough. Money. So you don't, you don't have to start a blog, but if you've got a blog about wedding photography, that's where people are gonna find you, right? Yeah. That's the point. Or you could be like a personal trainer. For, yeah. You know, you could be totally into fitness and you could travel around the world running boot camps for people in like, India or Bali or those you know those healthy places that people for like to go. Nomads. Do it for digital nomads. Like, We're just sitting on our asses all day. I could I could use a lose a few kilos. There's this huge sure. movement now. I mean, digital nomads is not just a few people working online traveling. This is a movement. There are societies and groups online popping up everywhere. There's cities which have got this huge digital nomad community. 
where people come in, they live there for a month, they meet all the other people, then they leave. You know, there's hotels that are now being specifically designed for digital nomads where they've got like public work rooms. You can sit down and you can work and everyone knows like you don't start up conversations with everyone. Everyone's just there to work. That's their work time, their workspace, fast Wi-Fi, all these things that are essential to digital nomads. There's so many new businesses that are going to appear in the next few years just serving the needs of this growing community. But still, there's shitloads of stuff you can do. You've got to have a blog these days if you want people to notice you. You can say, go to my blog. When you meet people, you advertise yourself. I was a traveling musician for years. I even played a wedding in Cambodia last year when we were living there. You know, still yeah. making a little bit of money from being a musician occasionally. But having that profile online, I've got a music website online where I've got all my demos and everything. And I can just say, sure, I'm a musician. If someone emails me, I'll go, there it is. Yeah. Go and have a look at my blog. It makes you more accessible to the world so people can find you. So having that blog means that no matter where you are in the world and no matter where they are in the world, they can find you and they can hire you and give you some money. Yes, and that's all we really need to maintain the travel freedom lifestyle is just a little bit of money coming in. Doesn't matter how you do it, millions of ways to do it. But hopefully the content we share on here is gonna help you advance that, whether it be through blogging or some other sort of business. So like in the next Monday episode, we're gonna to talk to Natalie Sisson from The Suitcase Entrepreneur. She's helping people make businesses, like their current business, more location independent, or create a business that is location independent. It's not specifically about creating a blog. No. You can do drop shipping, which is like just getting people in China to manufacture stuff that's already on Amazon and then getting someone else to ship it. All you do is manage the process. You don't have to get involved with anything. So many people are buying up homeware stuff, like interesting statues and weird things like that, and sending them to Western countries and selling them for like 10 times the price yeah. of what you pay for it. You know, and clothes. Clothing as well, yeah. You see them at the marketplace, like the yoga pants and everything, the harem pants. The elephant pants. Elephant pants, you know. You can pick these up for like 3 to $5 in Thailand or in India. And then you see them down at the market exactly the same in England, which we did. And they wanted like £20 for it. Yeah, which is like $30. Ridiculous. So we're talking serious markup here just for sending a box of clothes. So if you're in India traveling, get a big box of clothes, phone some guy at Camden Market and go, I can send you all this stuff. And all you need to do is send me back like 50% profit. And then the guy in the market gets the rest of the money. And you're laughing. There's a business right there. You can just live in India forever just sending clothes back. Yep. So you, it can be about anything. You can, you know, the important thing is, is these days you have a blog so that people can find you, like we said before. But, you know, it doesn't have to be just a blog. But you can blog about food, about clothes. Mainly what we want to do in this podcast is give you general tips that you can apply to any sort of business. Yeah. It's, it's all about having an online business in but some way. This is one of the tips, is having a blog is actually a good idea. Yeah. Even these major websites that look like they just sell a product, most of them actually have a blog. Yeah. And a lot of them, the content on that blog is what actually gets the traffic onto their website. And then they go like, oh, by the way, we've got a product that's really cool. And the sort of articles they have are the sort of articles that are related to the sort of product they sell. So the people that are reading that article are already probably interested ooh, in the product. They want to so, buy that. Yeah, they're like, ooh, what's this? What can it do for my business? Well, oh. Oh, I'll take a look at it. And yeah. then they've got an awesome sales page and they go, okay, I'll buy that. So everything that we're talking about with marketing, PR, new media, this is all stuff that's going to be really important to your company, whatever that company happens to be. And of course, you know, we want to inspire you to discover travel freedom right here at the $5 Planet. Yep. Get traveling around the world, people. And when you do, make sure you've got a little bit of insurance so that when you're on the road and your iPod explodes in Greece, like mine did, oh then you can get it replaced and you're not going to have a big bill. So, you know, if only it had been my laptop, because I could really do with a new laptop, but it was the iPod that went. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and the best insurance company for this is World Nomads, which we've got a code for... 5% discount! Ba -ba 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 -ba. Go to 5dollarplanet.com slash worldnomads, that'll take you straight to the site. 
and you can use our code WN5DP, as in World Nomads, $5 Planet, to get 5% discount on your insurance. Too easy. Too easy. So today on the show, we've got Gary Arndt, legendary, legendary travel photographer. He's and UNESCO be... site collector. UNESCO site collector. He's been to like a ton of them. Oh. I don't think we talked about that. I wouldn't say he was collecting them because otherwise they wouldn't be there anymore. He'd have no, them. All. He had them in his little bag. He, he shrinks them with his shrink ray. And then he wears them in a little satchel that he wears around his shoulders. This is why history is disappearing so fast. It's because Gary <laughs> Gary's Arndt got it all. Is, is using his magical shrink ray to steal all of the UNESCO sites and put them in his backpack <laughs> and then take miniature photography photos of all these tiny miniaturized UNESCO sites. That's exactly what Gary does. We don't but talk to him about any of that. That's not what we're talking to him no. about today at all. No, we're going to be talking about audiences and getting sponsorship through the awesomeness of your blog. And this is the really cool concept. You know, he's not making money because he's necessarily talking about a certain product all the time or writing a sponsored post about a certain product. He's getting sponsored because his photos are so freaking awesome that he has a massive audience. And because he's got a massive audience, companies want to work with him. Yep. And they want to give he him He can talk money. about whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. He doesn't have to be like to any guideline or anything of like someone's no. like, oh, you should write about this now because you're under our thumb. He's like, I do whatever I want. I'm Gary Arndt. Yeah, it's not even about travel freedom, it's about business freedom as well. He's got more of it because he's got a large audience. And that all came from him building a blog and taking awesome photos. Anyway, there's going to be loads about that coming up in the interview right now. So keep on listening. We are here with Gary today from Everything Everywhere. Welcome. Thank you for having a chat with us today. Thanks for inviting me. No worries at all. So let's go all the way back to the beginning. So seven years ago, you sold up your business and decided to travel. So what was it that motivated that decision? Well, the business I had actually sold much earlier. That was sold back in 1998. So I had a very early internet company that I started in 1994. So after I sold that business, I started another business. It was a network of video game sites. Went back to school for two and a half years, studied geology and geophysics, then kind of decided I didn't know what to do with my life. So I thought I'd travel around the world for a year or two. Sold my home. Turned over the keys on March 13th, 2007, and I've been traveling ever since. So that year or two has just been become never-ending for you so far. Yeah, kind of just kept going. <laughs> Fair enough. For anyone who doesn't know Gary already, he's very well known for his photography and just won the Photographer of the Year Award in 2014. I won for both the Society of American Travel Writers and the North American Travel Journalists Association. Wow, yeah. Very so, cool. So, so what do you get for winning that? Do you, is it a, uh, you get a nice little you know, thing to put on your blog, a nice little picture, or do you actually? Uh, no, not even. Well, for the SATW, you get a plaque, and for the Nancho Award, it's actually just like a certificate, and they have a little, I don't know, I guess I have a little logo I could put on my website or something, but I actually, for that one, I want a, a hotel stay and uh, two free round-trip tickets on JetBlue, so. Oh, hey, that's all right, then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's better than a kick up the ass. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> When you started out uh, with that, with your photography seven years ago, you really were a beginner, but you've gone all the way from that to achieving this Photography of the Year award. So how did you achieve it? Have you got tips for everybody who's interested in getting into photography? You know, I, <clears throat> it was really an iterative process. I just kind of got better and better and better, but it was purposeful. I tried to figure out why my photos weren't very good, and they weren't. Uh, when I started and what to make them better. I suppose if I had tips, you know, one of the first things is a lot of people think that once they click the button on their camera that they're done, that you've taken the photo. And that's not really the case. You've, you've captured an image, but just as within the days of film you had to process something in a dark room, you still have to develop photos. It's just that now you do it on a computer instead of in a dark room. And the editing process is really what takes a, a good photo and can make it great. And I think a lot of people forget that. And they think that when you 
take a photo that the camera is capturing reality, and it's not. The camera cannot see what our eyes can see, so you do have to do some work on it, and there has to be a little bit done in order to make the vision of what you want it to look like really come to fruition. Mm. Yeah, I spend a lot of time in Lightroom, a lot more time in Lightroom than I spend actually taking the photos in general. Let's move on. Obviously, these days you're actually making money from your photography and from your blog. Uh, maybe you could tell listeners a little bit about how you monetize these things. Yeah, it's all kind of one and the same. Most of the money I make currently and have for the last couple of years is based on sponsorships with various companies. So G Adventures, uh, they're the world's biggest adventure travel company. They've been my primary sponsor since 2010. I've also had other sponsors along the way. Uh, travel Alberta is, is one of my sponsors right now. I visited Alberta several times. I always you know, share photos with them on my website. 2015, I'm looking to hopefully get a book out the door and possibly an online travel photography training course that I'll be selling. So I'm going to be really diversifying the ways I make money going forward in addition to just doing sponsorships, selling some direct. Would you say then that you don't really make the money selling photos directly? It's all to do with the sponsorships you get because of your photography. Right. The, the photos help me build my audience and then having an audience allows me to get sponsorships. Do you know if anyone does directly sell the photos? In terms of bloggers, that is. Obviously, a lot of people do sell photos, but yeah, do people do that? Or is it, if you're a blogger, it's more about sponsorship in general? There's not really a big market for people buying photos online. It really just doesn't exist. And I know, you know, photographers out there with very, very large followings, and they do not make, you know, they may make a little money from selling prints, but that's about it. <clears throat> if you wanted to, you'll make more money selling prints by first printing it and then going to a flea market or something like that where people can actually see the image than they probably would doing it online. It's never been a really strong thing and, and a lot of people just don't buy photos that way. A lot of people, when they, they look at people's success and they measure it, like especially when they're just starting out, would you say that a fair amount of your success to date is luck or would you say that you uh, worked bloody hard to get where you are today? I worked really fucking hard. Uh, well, I mean, in all sincerity, people think that there's like, you know, you just, you, you look at where I am today and you see the results of eight years of being on the road. I visited over 170 different countries and territories every single day, posting stuff, not only to my website, but to various social media platforms and grinding it out. I, I have posted a photo every day in my website now for close to 2,600 days in a row. Never missed a day. All of that gets lost when you just see the result. You know, it's like when you look at someone who's a successful actor, you see George Clooney and he's like, oh, he's this handsome actor. And you don't notice George Clooney was in Return of the Killer Tomatoes. He was, you know, he, he had all sorts of bad movies he was in. He was a struggling actor. And most actors were, right? They were living in a crappy apartment somewhere in Los Angeles, struggling to get by, doing commercials or porn shoots or something until they finally got a break and were able to make it into movies. But we don't see that part because nobody talks to those people who are struggling. They just look to the people who've already made it and you don't see what goes into it. Yeah, I mean, I guess I had some advantages. I've been doing it longer than everyone else. Well, not everyone. There are, there are, there are people who have been doing it longer than me, but there were people who started when I did who gave up and quit. So... I don't think you can certainly chalk it all up to the fact that, that I've been doing it so long. I think you can chalk up to the fact that I've been doing it so long and I've just been, you know, grinding away at it and never gave up. Yeah, it's like that old saying, it's like a, an overnight success that was 10 years in the making. Yeah, and I think that's what people need to understand. There's no one thing which is going to make you successful. 
I've been in the New York Times. I've been in most, you know, I've been in a lot of major newspapers and travel magazines. None of those things are going to make a career. They're, they're good. They help advance the ball forward, but they're not in and of itself going to be this thing where you achieve this one thing and then everything's awesome. You just, you constantly have to do it over and over and over again. Yeah. It's about consistency. I've been putting a lot of effort into Instagram this year and I've seen my audience grow and I'm, you know, I'm still struggling with that. There are a lot of people with, with bigger Instagram followings with me, but every day I post something, I still have to see how it performs. And uh, I just posted a photo two hours ago and it is really bombing. It's, it's, not, <laughs> oh, no. it's not doing nearly as well as my, my photos normally do. It's probably at like half. And so I'm cool with that to a certain extent. I still like the photo and I'm not, it's not just about trying to get likes. But, it, you know, it's a data point that I have to keep in mind as far as what people are interested in seeing and it still happens. Yeah. yeah. So it is, yeah, even someone as successful as yourself with your photography, you might think you have a fantastic photo. And for some reason, you just don't get the likes on social media. That happens all the time. And I don't understand it. There are some things I get, right? If it's a landscape with, with colorful mountains and stuff, that'll, that'll always do well. But then there are some things I post and it's like, eh, you know, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll throw this up and we'll see how it does. And it just goes crazy and I don't understand it. And then there are times where I think I just have a wonderful photo and I'm so happy and proud of it. And I put it up and it just takes a big crap and nobody responds to it. Yeah. So you've really just got to let it slide off your back when it comes to social media. Because I think a lot of people put a lot of weight, especially new bloggers, they put a lot of weight on what likes they're getting and what follows they're getting and all that sort of stuff. And Obviously, from what you're just saying, you really just need to just, you know, do your very best, be consistent, and and that's all you can do. Just be happy with the product that you're putting out. There. I take the what I call the the Robert Downey Jr. approach. He does stuff like Iron Man and the Avengers, which you know make him a ton of money and they're very popular. And those projects allow him to do indie films, which are the kind of things he wants to work in. So for social media, I'll do the thing that I know is going to hit a home run and it's going to get thousands of likes. And then the next day, I'll post something that probably won't do as well. Maybe it's a, it's a more intimate photo of a, a portrait or something. And that one's kind of for me. I think it's a good photo. It won't perform as well, but tough crap. It balances out with what I did before. Yeah. <laughs> do you find sometimes that that stuff that you really love that you don't think won't be popular actually takes off and is just very popular? Occasionally, but more often than not, they tend to be photos of people. Landscapes always do really well. Photos of people don't. And that's something I've noticed pretty much across the board for not just myself, but other travel photographers as well. Okay. Well, that's yeah. good advice. Yeah. If you go to my Instagram feed right now, you'll see the photo I just posted is of a guy getting hit in the head with a bucket of water. And it's kind of a neat photo because the, the, the water is captured right in the air. And then six days ago, I posted a photo of this guy I took in Sierra Leone who was a fire dancer and he has a stick in his mouth that's on fire and he yeah. has this other stick that's on fire. It's a really cool photo. I saw and that one. Both, yeah, and it, and it performed at like less than half what I normally get for photos. If you look at the photo that was the previous day of the Eiffel Tower, that went nuts. People love it. You could take the crappiest photo of the Eiffel Tower in the world and people will just eat it up because they, they know the Eiffel Tower. But if you take a picture of a person, you know, it just doesn't resonate with them as much. Yeah. I swear I got more likes on Instagram for a photo I took of our brand new Christmas socks. We got more likes on that than what we got on some great portrait that we took mm. in Greece. It's a crazy world. No, it's, just, it's just reality. It's just something you need to, to come to terms with. It sucks, but you learn to live with it. So, I mean, you feel that you play to your audience. That's the way you stay popular and stay relevant? Sometimes. I don't think you can do that all the time. I think you need to challenge them occasionally. And you do need to put up a photo that you think is good, that, that you like. You know, I, I was, you know, I think Steve Jobs said people don't know what they want if they haven't seen it. 
You may have found a great movie or a great musician that you never heard of before and you loved it, but you didn't know that you liked it until you heard it, right? So if you just constantly give photos of Italy and Venice and mountains, which are the, the trite travel photos that everyone likes, yeah, those will do well. But by the same time, the people aren't really learning. If I post something, say, I, I visited Nahani National Park this year, which is in the Northwest Territories of Canada. Nobody knows about it. You've probably never heard of it, right? Have no. not. No. no, Nahani National Park. It is one of the most fantastic places in the world. It's on a par with Yellowstone in Yosemite. It, it is majestic, fantastic waterfalls. And I was able to go there. It gets like 800 visitors a year. It's that hard to get to. You can't drive there. You have to take a float plane in. And being able to share and tell people about a place like that is you know, something I love doing. And they, they don't know about it. They don't know that it's fantastic. So I feel it's also kind of my job. And it goes back to, you know, a lot of travel bloggers, you, you go on a backpacking trip and like the first place everybody goes is Thailand, right? right? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. I've been to Thailand. I'm guessing, have you guys been to Thailand? Yeah. A couple of times. I, I like Thailand. Well, I go back. Thailand, right? And it's a great spot. Nothing against Thailand. I'll go back, you know, someday. Wonderful. But if that's all you do, that's just not that interesting, I think, from a reader standpoint. You're not challenging people. So sure, go to Thailand and then maybe go to Burma. Yeah. You know? That's yeah. where a lot of people don't go. Or maybe go someplace, you know, I, I went up to uh, Udintani and some places up in Isan where that doesn't get tourism. The places like that. Anybody can go to the islands and, and hang out at the, the hostels and whatnot in Bangkok. But I think you need to mix it up. Go to some of the places that are obvious and then go to some places that are not. Okay, we're going to be getting back to Gary Arndt in just a minute. But first, our Monday Tools. Da -da -da -da! Yes, today we are talking about Snapseed. Now, if you guys have not used this before, download it because it's awesome it's actually an app that has brought uh it's brought out by google and it is incredible it's got like four star reviews pretty much everywhere all over the net essentially it is a app tool that lets you edit photos so you can take your relatively grainy not particularly amazing photos that you've done on your smartphone or your ipad and it will actually make them look pretty swish for internet sharing size, you can get some really convincing results with this app. Okay, so what sort of tools are available on this that make it better than other programs? Okay, there's just a lot to choose from. Like if you're just going straight into Instagram, you've got like maybe 10 different filters that you can choose from. But if you jump into this, like for example, you can jump straight in to change it to black and white and you've got a, an option of different black and white options. And you just slide with your finger up and down the screen, which gives it you know, more saturation or less saturation. There's certain presets that you can use. If you are going full on color, there is some fantastic ones. One of my favorite ones I use is the HDR Skate, which gives the, that real rusticy kind of, it's that, it's hard to explain. Well, it. it does give you that impression as if you'd been shooting with an HDR mode on a camera. If you're also wanting to do a bit of blurring just to create a little bit of artistic sort of look to your photo, there's some great blur options as well. All of these comes with different presets, so you can add like a vintage tone to it and just blur around the outside and just make it look like it's got an amazing vignette and it just gives a real dramatic look to like if you take a picture of a sunset or you're in Paris and you want to have that real vintage style, there's so many styles to choose from that can fit every single theme that you're wanting to portray in your yeah. photo. And there's this thing, if you haven't seen this already, if you don't really use Google+, they've got this thing called Auto Awesome. And essentially, when you upload your photo onto Google+, it just does everything for you and makes it look super awesome. And this system is giving you the manual controls to do what Auto Awesome does and lets you do it yourself to your photo so you actually get to choose rather than letting Google automatically do it. It's really cool. We love it. 
really and easy. That's the important thing. You don't have to be afraid to use this app. It's really, really easy to get the hang of. Yeah, it's just simpler than other tools we've used and more flexible. And that's why it's the best one. Google just does really good shit. And this is absolutely one of their best products they've got out there. They may be taking over the world, slowly invading everything, but they're doing it pretty well. That's fine, I'll live in that world. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's Snapseed, and you can just pop on the App Store anywhere and get it. And of course, there's a link for more information on the show notes. One of the things we find when you speak to newcomers who've just started a, a blog, they're going to be pretty daunted about the opportunity that they have to actually be successful. And they, they look at a blog like yours and go, well, you know, he started at the right time back in a few years earlier than everyone else when there wasn't as much competition. But um, what do you think about that? Is your success largely attributed to that? Or is it something that anyone coming into the industry now can still make a success of a blog straight off? It isn't that I started when I did. It's the fact that I've simply had more time. Okay. There was nothing magical about the year 2007. If, if anything, you know, there were no press trips. You know, there's, there were no teabacks. There was no Twitter. I mean, I think it existed, but nobody used it. I wasn't on Facebook. There was none of these things. There, there was probably more working against me than for me. So it wasn't magical about starting at that time. That wasn't special. It's the fact that I've simply had more time. And it takes time to grow an audience. And if you're trying to make yourself into a travel personality, a lot of your success is going to depend upon your travel resume. Not your success as a blogger, but your success as a traveler. And that involves going to interesting places, doing interesting things. And that takes time. You know, when most people start out, if, if you're starting out on a, a trip around the world, like, like when I started, you know, I'm no different. I, I was not a well-traveled person before I began doing this. I remember saying, I'm going to go on a trip around the world. And everyone was like, yeah, that's nice. And then I did it for six months. I said, I've been traveling for six months. And they're like, yeah, that's nice. And then <laughs> when I did it for a year, people's eyebrows would raise. And now when I tell people that I've been doing it for eight years, they're like, no way. And the fact that I can tell someone I have been traveling for eight years, that is an instant hook where I have someone. They're curious about my story. They want to know more. The problem is it took me eight years to get to that point, right? And there's a lot more people traveling nowadays. It's a, it's a wonderful time to travel. It's never been easier, but you need to make your story compelling. And I think if you're an interesting traveler, and it could be you travel by foot or I don't know, there's something, something that you have, you'll have a story, something about you that people want to know about, and then they'll follow you and listen to the next thing you have to say. And that's really the key. Get people who care about what you have to say and want to hear more. So you think that maybe this sort of audience is actually easier to get online today because more people are following blogs and more people are actually looking for these sorts of personalities, blogging personalities, or is it harder? I don't think people look for them. I think they discover them by accident. I don't think most people discovered me by saying, I want to find a guy who's been traveling around the world. And they go to Google and they, they search for that. It's like somebody shared a photo or they were doing a search on some subject and they randomly came across my site and they're like, wow, this is interesting. And it was not something they were necessarily looking for, but they kind of just came across it and they discovered me that way. It's kind of more serendipity than anything else. But again, that takes time, right? You're, you're, you're going to collect this audience here and there, and it just takes time to build. Some of these people may stop reading you as you get other people. So it's, it's, it's not an even process, but that's how it works. Yeah. So you'd say you have to want it pretty bad to, to keep going for that many years to actually gain that sort of success. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not 
one thing that happens, like I said, and you become a success, it is a daily grind where every single day you have to be out there producing great content, engaging with people, answering their questions, doing interviews on podcasts. This is the third one I've done today, and I have a radio interview when I'm done talking to you guys lined up. Wow. Um, We'll try not to keep you too long then. (laughs) But I'm saying that's an example, right? I never say no to an interview. You just keep yourself out there. Because... You don't know. There, there's, you know you, it, if I were to say, oh, well, this, this podcast is really small. It doesn't matter. Or these people, they're blo-. You don't know who's going to become successful. You don't know what's going to happen years from now. Do you know Mapping Megan? Yeah. Do you know how she got started? She sat next to me on a flight in an airplane going to Australia. Ask her about it. And uh, literally, she happened to be sitting next to me. And we started a discussion. And I was like, yeah, I have a travel blog. And she had never heard about this before. That's kind of how it got started. So you just never know. And, and I think as a good example, she hasn't been blogging a long time, but it's very clear that she's hustling. Yeah, right? she, got just, she just got signed on by Green Global Travel to be one of their featured writers on their, on their blog. Yeah, I, you know, I, I always see her out there and she's, um, you know, she's out there and she's busy and she's hustling. And that's exactly what you have to do if you want to be successful. Yeah. Talk to people. Networking, networking, networking. And doing a podcast, I think, is a great way to do it, too. I've been doing a podcast for, uh, for five years now. And the fact that people can hear your voice is a way that they can relate with you in a way that they just can't do on a website, that they can know you as people, hear your tone, and know who you are. And I think there's like a 1,000 blogs for every podcast. So already, you are one of the top travel podcasts by simply having a travel podcast. <laughs> That's a good start. Perfect medium. <laughs> If you were starting out again today, doing a travel blog, traveling full-time, and, and being a photographer, what's the one tip you would give to your past self, something that you wish you'd known when you'd started? Start an email list, and from my, when, I, when I started at the very, very beginning, I would tell myself, don't shoot in JPEG, shoot in RAW, aperture uh, yeah. <laughs> priority mode, and use Lightroom. Yeah. <laughs> those, those, I mean, I really didn't know what I was doing when I started, and I can't stress that enough. And I committed every sin that a, an amateur photographer makes when I bought my camera. And that would have saved me probably two years worth of, you know, wasting my time. The other thing is don't try to make – a lot of people put themselves in a position where they need to make money on their blog immediately. And that's not a good position to be in because you will do things that will probably hurt your long-term success by making short-term money. Because a lot of the things that the people will come to you and offer you money are for things like link sales and sponsored posts, which will bring in cash, but they're not necessarily that appealing for your audience. They don't necessarily care about that. And if you focus on the audience first and foremost and getting people to, to really care about you know, the kind of people that want to meet you for drinks when you're in town, then you have something. If you have an audience, the money will come to you, the opportunities will come to you. All problems are solved by having a large audience because ultimately that's what everybody cares about. And put that first, put your readers first, and then in the long run, everything else will come together. There might be some difficulties getting to that point, but in the long run, it'll pay off. Don't undermine your credibility by selling out. You don't want to sell out. You want to cash in. Yeah. There's a big difference. Yes. Yeah. Very big difference. Big and I difference. think lots of people need to, uh, to learn that from the very beginning. Otherwise, you just you undersell yourself and... It cheapens the whole thing, I think. Yeah. The audience don't like it if you're going to act like you're a sellout and you're just going to promote stuff to them all the time that they're not interested in. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. All right. We've got one more question for you. Cool. Are you ready for it? Bring it on. 
Okay, if you could do only one more photo shoot, that's it. You've got one more. Where would you want that photo shoot to be? The Northern Hemisphere. <laughs> Come on. Can we narrow it down a little bit? Uh, you know, of all the places I've been, I have never been to mainland China and I've never been to India. So it would probably be one of those two places. Those are kind of the big holes in my travel resume. And, you know, each, I think, offers tons of opportunities for photos. So either of those I'd be happy with. Thanks again, Gary, for joining us here on the $5 Planet podcast. Well, thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Travel homework! Yay! Yay! Get ready for your special travel homework. You love it! Okay, so if you don't have a blog already, decide. What do you want to blog about? If you could choose anything, what would you do? What do you care about? What are you passionate about? What do you want to inspire others to learn about? Yeah. Discover. Discover. Yeah. If you do already have a blog, what elements of what you do have the most value? What separates you from other bloggers? Yeah. Is it great photography? Is it videos? Is it writing? Do you do graphic design? Or, or even just the ability to talk bollocks on a podcast. I'm pretty good at that. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of our thing now. Yeah. That's what we've moved into is just talking crap, which is great. You know? you know, you've got to discover what you do best because it's not necessarily going to be all of those things and it's not necessarily just going to be one of those things. Yeah, and I think when we started out, we had that issue that we went, okay, we're going to do the writing, we're going to do videos, we're going to do photos, we're going to do everything. You can't, it's too hard. No, and so like Gary Arndt has done with his, he's gone, I'm the photography guy, I'm freaking awesome at photography, he's now won awards for it, everyone knows him for that, and people go and follow him for that. Yeah. So don't try and do it all. It's, you can't. It's just really hard it's to do it It's just too stressful. So, this is about travel freedom. Freedom, not about like stressing yourself with trying to get everything done at one time. So go out there and decide, how can you influence the world? What is it that you love so much that if you started talking about it in whatever format, other people are going to want to listen. And if that's goldfish, then that's fine by us. Don't do goldfish. It's okay, you can do it. Don't do it. Thanks for listening to the $5 Planet Travel Podcast. Show notes and resources for this episode are waiting for you at $5planet.com. So join us again for Money Mondays to learn how to supercharge your online income. Or for Travel Thursdays, we will help you travel like a prince on a pauper's budget. We are waiting for your comments, feedback, and $5 travel tips. So tweet us at $5 Travel with the number 5. Or email info at $5planet.com. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzy. Catch us again on Mondays and Thursdays on the $5 Planet. Bye for now. Bye-bye.